This is episode 48 of the Evolve Marriage Podcast. Today, we're talking all about money and how it impacts your marriage. We're having a great conversation with Julie and Thomas Hobby from the Marriage Puzzle Podcast, where we talk about how to organize yourself so you can both dream and live the life you want. Julie and Thomas are marriage coaches who help overcome the biggest pain points around money, intimacy, and communication for couples so they can go from feeling overwhelmed to feeling secure in their marriage. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, this is Kate. I'm a fierce mom and teacher. And this is Eric, her lucky husband and certified relationship coach. And this is the Evolve Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for being here. Here we go. All right, so welcome Julie and Thomas to the Evolve Marriage Podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's something that you're currently focused on or working on when it comes to your own marriage? Yeah, so one of the things I would say for us that has been really vital is just we really like to focus in on our finances and just what it takes as a married couple to come together around finances rather than just being against each other. One of us wants one thing, one of us wants the other or, or how to spend it and the idea of coming from different backgrounds, you know, how my family used money and how her family used money and merging that together into our marriage. We're trying to just make sure we keep working on that and keep getting better at that. How have you seen this conversation, this belief? Because I, I love that, this idea of family origin and beliefs you bring around money, which I think we're going to talk a lot about today. How have you found your relationship around money has evolved by coming together in your marriage? You know, by adding these two lines of thought when it comes to your relationships of money as a couple. We've, it's funny to say, like we've used money to grow in other areas, mm-hmm. but we talk a lot about a marriage being like a three-legged stool with money, sex and communication and without one of those it's hard to stand and so those are our three things that we're constantly growing in and so money hasn't always been a strong leg (laughs) we've had a lot of fights disagreements and problems and financial hardships but once we learned to figure that out and learned you know better communication we even saw like growth in our intimacy and just like all those things working together. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like, it's funny to say money brought it all together, but it's true in in at least our story. Yeah, I, I would totally echo that because of the struggles that we went through and how we had to work to overcome those in our marriage, it really strengthened the other two legs of that stool as well um, while we were working through that on the financial side. Yeah, I can definitely see, you know, how the conversation around money because it's so challenging to navigate, you have to learn how to communicate. And then when your money situation gets really great, you just decide to have great sex to celebrate, which is absolutely <laughs> yeah. amazing, right? It just works together so perfectly. I think that's yeah. exactly what it was trying and to say. And it's that easy. <laughs> it's that that's easy right. for exactly. sure. <laughs> so obviously money is a huge issue in couples. So what are some of these issues that you typically see when you're working with couples? We've identified like three major problems that as we're doing, you know, either meeting friends and family or just with our coaching calls, one would be not knowing where their money went. So a lot of the fights are like, we don't, we don't know. What did you buy? Yeah. (laughs) So telling your money where to go and we have tips and tools for that. It's just kind of that fight every month of like, what is happening to our finances? So yeah, one, not knowing where their money went. Two would be different spending habits. You know, typically like 
we all have different personalities and I think we know that, but then we're not so familiar with someone's going to be naturally more of a spender and the other one, a saver and they get married and they have to figure out, you know, they're, they're trying to change the other person and make them like themselves so that, you know, you would agree instead of embracing that and learning that and using that, you know, as a benefit of a saver and a spender um, working with money together. And then finally, the third problem we've seen is we kind of, Thomas said in the beginning is just learning, you know, that you've combined two different philosophies on money just because of your origin and upbringing naturally again you get married and you like depending on their parents relationship with money and what they were taught or not taught and it just is like two people but it's a lot of people that you kind of then bring in and so yeah those are the three things that we've kind of identified as the what we would say is the top three problems um, couples face with money yeah and julia as i was kind of reflecting on these these three top issues one of the one that really caught me was this idea of the spender and saver And I'm actually curious how you can see those traits being used as a strength in marriage. Because I think oftentimes, because we're so polarized, for us, you know, we'll be honest, I'm definitely the spender, Kate's definitely the saver. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. Um, and, And I think oftentimes we don't see it as like, hey, how can we use Eric's spending to benefit the marriage? Or how can we use Kate's saving to benefit the marriage? Instead, it's this constant push and pull. Like, how does Kate fight against me? Or how do I fight against her to get what I want? And so I'm, I'm actually really curious if you want to dive deeper into just that that idea of using these character traits around money in order to really benefit the marriage. Yeah, totally. This is actually, from my perspective, this is my favorite one to talk about out of those three, <laughs> yeah. awesome. um, because this is really where our marriage saw the most probably conflict and you know where we saw the most growth and how we got to the point of being able to see those strengths from each other i am the saver saver, i'm the spender spender. (laughs) and so um you know we constantly have this issue of that tension that's just naturally there between those two types of money habits and so with julie being the spender and me being the saver it was difficult for me because when we had those financial issues it was always my fault <laughs> always from my perspective it was always her fault um, but uh you know and that we weren't saving enough money but i can also tend to be so frugal and so close-fisted with money trying to hold on to it that i don't have any fun i'm i haven't built up a, a pool full of money yet that i can you know swim around in for fun so you know i try and just hold on to it and so that's how where we came to the realization that you know the spender can help the saver to loosen up and to have fun and say it's okay to go and buy that pair of shoes it's okay you know (laughs) you're you're only here for so long so yeah live your life a little bit but then the saver can also balance out the spender and say hey yeah that's great you know we can live our life right now but we also have another 30 or 40 or 50 years that we have to live too so we probably need to try to save some of it for that because last time i checked we're probably not going to be working when we're 80 or 90 years old. So um, <laughs> physically, we're probably not going to be able to. So it's good to save some of that. So that was probably how it worked best for us. Again, like one learning about that and not being ashamed. This is who I am. And so, like I said, embracing it and um, learning that about him and maybe even some of that past history of like, why are you a saver? What triggers do you have? What has? What are you scared of? so that I can learn to appreciate that, that he cares about our future and not that he's just too controlling. And then practically what helped is just 
in our budget allowing that like fun money. So I have Julie's money and it's not different bank accounts. Like he has Thomas money. Our kids have it too, but it's given me freedom to spend and go do what I want to do. But with, with boundaries that, he, you know, we both agreed on and then it encourages him <laughs> to go spend as well. I'm like, did you spend your fun money? You know? And so, um, it's been kind of a fun topic instead of that dreaded budget meeting of what did I spend? You know, here are my receipts. It's like, I feel okay and he feels good about it too. Well, and, and just one more thing practically on that, um, from a budgeting perspective, the, the fun money categories are also beneficial the other way around. So for the spender, oftentimes you give them $50 and they're like, great, I'll spend this today. It's gone. <laughs> and so just, just light it on fire. It's gone. Like it doesn't matter if it's just as long as it's gone. Um, but what we've, what we've also found is by setting those parameters, it says, okay, you don't just have a blank blank check to go and spend on whatever you want. But if you want something bigger than what your allocated amount is, it allows you, it forces you to kind of save up a little bit over a small amount of time. Whereas, you know, for the, for the spender, it's, it's obviously more difficult to save, but doing it in bite-sized portions can make it a little bit easier when they have a goal that they're trying to save up for something. As I'm kind of visualizing it, you know, this idea of like creating containers of control where you can say, Hey, this is spending money. This is stuff actually creates a lot more freedom and eases a lot of the tension. So yeah. I, you know, I often think about this, that oftentimes when you feel like you have to delegate things or create these containers, it can seem very constricting, but mm -hmm. in actual fact, it's quite freeing to be able to right. say like, Hey, I know how much money I'm going to have to spend every month. And so I think that's a, that's a great way to look at it because I think a lot of times it does become this idea of how do I spend money as fast as I can? And while your partner's like, how do I prevent my spouse from spending all our money? Which is probably the cause of a lot of tension. At least it was in our marriage. Kind of like what you were saying is probably a lot of the conflict, right? Who's bad? Who's good? Who's right? Who's wrong when it comes to money? Yeah. And that is from either person's perspective, the other person is the one who's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and, and when, when you don't have the respect for your, your spouse's uh, personality traits in that regard, the other person is always going to be wrong. So you have to develop that, that respect and appreciation for who they are. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up family of origin and things like that, because I do think that that plays such a big role in our relationship. But how important do you think it is for a couple to have a conversation, whether before they're married or whatever, when it comes to the family of origin? And like, you know, how did your parents save money? What was, what did it look like financially for them? What, what did your life growing up look like financially? How important is it to have those conversations? It's super important and that was very pivotal for us to go back to our roots. It took years into our marriage, actually just last summer we were on a road trip because um, we moved cross country and we were going through a book that prompted those questions. Mm -hmm. And um, since then we've even come up with our own that we encourage couples at any point in their relationship, if it's not too late, it's not like, well, we didn't talk about money before we we're married. So I'm just kind of stuck with this. It's no, sit down and have that conversation and ask those questions of what was your experience from your childhood regarding money? Did your parents talk about money? Did they have good spending habits? Were they spenders or savers? What did you observe? Things like that would really help you understand where your spouse is coming from and their fears and insecurities or even their future, you know, goals and dreams. 
if they're unrealistic or, or, or not. A lot of that has to do with where we come from. And so asking those questions and learning that is very vital. Yeah. And like you said earlier, knowing that origin is good because when you merge two people together, Julie mentioned this, that you're, you know, especially when you're talking about your financial backgrounds, you're not just merging Julie's ideas around money and my ideals around money. It's her parents and how their parents taught them and how it just naturally flowed down, whether they were actually taught anything about money or if it was just purely by whatever they observed, which is always going to be a skewed perspective. Because as a child, when you're seeing what your parents are doing, you see your parents as the people with the most money that you've ever seen (laughs) uh, until you find out that there's other people out there that, you know, usually have more money than your parents. But from that point of view, you're just observing and you're not really getting to understand you're not grasping the the whole gravity of the situation i mean your parents could be up to their eyeballs in debt but they're putting on a show for you as the kids and then now you think that's how you have to do it for your kids and then you have no idea what debt even is so it's it's absolutely vital to have that conversation as early as you can if anyone's listening and you're not married yet have it today (laughs) um if you're already married have it today it doesn't matter just do it as early as you can and start learning about your backgrounds At the very least, it's going to give you some insight onto what your spouse knows about money, what they know about financial management. Yeah, and I love that you're touching base on this because I think it's so important. One of the things that I think about is that this conversation, especially around family origins and how our families impact our lives around money, it never ends. And so one of the things that that I would love to hear from you is how do we continue to navigate this conversation around money? What are some habits we can put into place? What are some actions we can take? in order to really continue the conversation. Because one of the things I think about is oftentimes we think, hey, we have one conversation, we've made this agreement, okay, it's one and done, we can like put that in the closet and worry about it when it's a problem again. But how do you guys really keep this front and center because it is so important, it's one of the, it's one of the legs of the stool, like you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think that the easiest thing I could say is just schedule the meetings. Julie and I have two different meetings on our month, uh, on our calendar every month to specifically talk about this. And because we have scheduled times, it helps it from creeping in at other times because when a money conversation comes up and you're not ready for a money conversation, whoever wasn't ready, their walls go up. If I come to Julie and I'm like, hey, you're in the middle of cooking dinner, but I wanna know how much you spent on this. Well, now I just started a fight because she's trying to do something for the family and that doesn't, it's really not relevant at that time. So it can wait until our scheduled meeting Having those scheduled meetings is is really great. We personally do two because we have one right at the beginning of the month. We'll close out our previous month's budget and see where we actually ended. So from a practical perspective, we can see what happened and how that affected us and what we need to, to adjust and change. Uh, and then we'll have one closer to the end of the month to plan for the next month that's coming up uh, so that we are always kind of on our toes and ready. Yeah, and that's helped specifically me. He's talking about come ready for that because um, I used to hate those meetings. But I think then that's a positive value that showing up together and talking about it and knowing not just, well, you're the numbers guy, you care about that, you go do the budget, I trust you. I had to learn to want to show up, enjoying showing up and pretend to care, but then I started to <laughs> At first, right? Like, you gotta fake it till you make it. Then I yeah. cared. <laughs> exactly. 
But I think then having, not that everyone's going to want the two meetings, that just works for us, but it keeps um, shorter when we have the two. And so it then allows for those more conversational things that are more positive for growth than the negative fights that we would have when they were over an hour long and it ended poorly. And that's why I never wanted to come back to that kind of a meeting. And so we had to find what worked for us, but it's you know, it's there, you're going to show up for it, you're going to be hopefully, you know, mentally ready. And then you can bring those questions that you want to ask even those history questions to learn more about your spouse. Yeah, I love that. I'm very nervous when it comes to money in our in our relationship, like money causes me a lot of anxiety. What would you say, like, obviously budgeting, talking about where the money's going, where the money's coming from, like, what tips would you have for someone like me, <laughs> who has a little more anxiety when it comes to money or to be able to show up to these conversations that are crucial for your relationship? What kind of advice would you give? How do you make it healthy? Help us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think that first in terms of the the meetings, just a practical tip I would give around the meetings is don't bite off more than you can chew in terms of time. So if one of you really does have that anxiety around money, then start with a 15 minute meeting, chat about one line item on the budget. And when you feel good about that, then bump it up to two line items or 30 minutes or or whatever. Once you feel like you're going into it less stressed because you're more comfortable with each part of it or each amount that you've attacked in the past, I think that that will get a little bit easier. Additionally, to try and get rid of some of that feeling around money is, you know, once you start having those better conversations, then I think what helped us is knowing that those were actually the like the tactical meetings of we have to figure out, we actually have to do the math in these meetings. It allowed the rest of our relationship and any other conversation to come up be primarily about dreaming. Um, you know, we just get to have that fun conversation with each other. Oh, what would be your dream house? What would be, you know, this thing that you would want to do and practical dreaming, because then when we come to those meetings, we can say, okay, we have to do the math, but let's go back to that dream that you had about this. And let's see if we can find a practical way to start making steps towards that dream, because then that entices you to want to come to those meetings because you know you're working towards a goal that the two of you are excited about mm -hmm. together. I just got really excited. Me too. It's actually, so funny. I was like, oh. Well, that's I was going to help. Hopefully that would help because that was me. That's funny that you said that, Thomas, because I was like, I felt like I started dragging that out of you and that. I'm not giving myself credit of that's like what helped, but it was very tactical at first. Like we were doing it, having those meetings to check it off the list and he wanted to save. And I'm like, but why, but why, what are we going to do with that? And so then, yeah, I remember just like dream with me, like being this dr dramatic outside of those budget meetings. Yeah. And once you did start opening up more, mm -hmm. now I understand the practical side and I can get behind saving because I know what we're saving mm -hmm, for. Mm -hmm. And I want those same goals and, and stuff too. So I was excited you said dreaming, but you know, practically on that, one of the questions that you could ask your spouse then is like, what is your short term, like six to 12 months? What's your short term goal? And what's your long term goal? I don't know if someone's not used to it, if you just say, what are you dreaming about? It might be a little bit weird, <laughs> but goals, um, ambitions, what do you want to do with your life? You know. Um, what are we working for? Because then I think people can be secure with less money if they have what they want and desire in that lifestyle 
or if not, then we can work hard together and make this happen. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I really wanted to add was make sure that you know each other's strengths. There's usually one person in the relationship who naturally gravitates towards doing the finances. And in our relationship, that's me and not Julie. And so <laughs> the person who naturally gravitates towards doing the finances should naturally gravitate towards actually doing them and then for the spouse that has that anxiety towards it or who just really doesn't enjoy it you can kind of do all the lead work for them and show them that you love them by saying like i'm going to do all this work and all i need you to do is just show up put a set of eyes on it make sure i'm not missing something give me your opinion and then we walk away that allows them to get that just that little bit start to develop that ownership feeling over it but not feel so stressed out about it because they know that the other person's taking care of it. It also helps to build that trust as well. I love all of it. It's making me very excited. Eric, we're having a conversation I later. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I, I especially love that idea of inviting your partner to jump into it because I think the reality is, you know, for the for the spouse that's constantly taking care of the money, like the, in, in our case, that's me, like I want Kate's involvement, right? I want her to be involved. I want her opinion. I want to know what she wants so that we can build towards mm -hmm. that. And I think for a long time in our marriage, it really was me. And I didn't really know what you wanted to spend our money on. So I was making decisions for my own that I thought would benefit us. Mm -hmm. But I think when you got involved and started adding your dreams, just like you're saying, Julie, it really created this amazing space where we could start thinking about what do we want to do with our money? How do we use this mm -hmm. as a tool to really improve our lives? Yeah. And constantly creating this like trust in your relationship that like we're going to work to get what it is that I also want in our relationship, right? That like, he's not against me. Like if I want to buy, you know, a big house on a hill, we can figure out how to do that. And it's not going to be this argument or this pipe dream that I'm going to have. Like we can actually put actions into place to make this happen for us. So I love that. I think it's so exciting. Yeah, I absolutely love that message. I, I think you guys have offered so much value on our podcast for the guests. So I really, really appreciate you guys coming on. Where can I guess find you? I mean, we want to send them your way. We want, we love what you guys do. We see you guys on Instagram. Uh, we love your podcast. So where can people find you if they want to get more information? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, again, we're Thomas and Julie, and uh, you can find us on social media at Marriage Puzzle. Check out our website, marriagepuzzle.com. You can search our podcast on any podcast platform. Just search Marriage Puzzle. You'll find it there. You can also at Marriage Puzzle is the best way to, to find us and connect. And, uh, and we'd love to have you join us and, and tune in as well. Thank you guys so much for having us. This has been a blast. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah, it. Was it. Awesome. So great. Yeah, we'll add all that in the show notes. Last big question is, what are you guys putting on the world right now? How are you guys impacting couples? What's your big focus right now for the way that you're putting things out into the world? Yeah, like yourselves, we're, we're marriage coaches and financial coaches. So um, we have financial as one of our, our topics that we go through if you do marriage co coaching with us, but we also have that unique um, niche to be certified financial coaches where we can help singles and couples, though we love working together with that to turn around their finances. Amazing. Yeah, so we'll add your website so people can find you and we'll send people your way because we absolutely love this episode and we love what you're putting out into the world. So thanks so much for being here. So that's it for us today. Thank you for being here and spending time with us. We know your time is valuable. You can support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. For daily updates, you can check us out on Instagram at evolved underscore marriage. We also have our private evolved marriage couples community on Facebook. If you and your spouse want to join other amazing couples continuously looking to grow in a way that's fun and connecting, 
you can join us there to get some support and share what's going on for you guys. We're looking forward to connecting with you next week. So until then, bye. Bye.